Hey, how's it going, Milksters? I'm David Davis. And I'm your old buddy, Boola And we want to tell you how you can get in contact with the wonderful Milking It podcast. It's very, very simple. It's so simple, even Boo can do it. I does computers. Yes, you can email us. It's milkingitpodcast at gmail.com. Or I believe we also have a Facebook, Boo. Uh, I believe it's facebook.com forward slash milkingitpodcast. And if you want to be ignored in a cyberspace, then please follow us on Twitter. Yes, our Twitter is at Teat Tugger. That's at Teat Tugger. Because we're the podcast that talks to you public culture and explodes all of your face. Get it? Yeah, see, how, see how it works? <laughs> Clever, eh? Yes, those are the three main ways to get in contact with us. If you have any ideas for future shows, if you're really pissed off at me for any reason, I'm, I'm sorry. And but don't. please send us an email and abuse away. Welcome everyone to the Milking It podcast. As always, the podcast that tugs the teeth of popular culture until it explodes all over your face. I'm David Davis. And I am Boulamont. And here we are. It's episode 15. Can you imagine episode 15? Only one more episode away from being legal. You stole my gag. <laughs> As always, here we are presenting the best of geek news and geek culture for the week. Um, thank you very much for all of you who downloaded the mini milk that was put up earlier in the week with the Amazon. Uh, one of our most successful podcasts so far, I believe, Mr. Lamont. Yes, it was very popular, well received by the world of wrestling and, of course, mm-hmm. all you milkers. And we want to thank the Amazon Aisha Ray again for allotting us time to have a little chat with us about her world. And um, just uh, thank you for, for uh, informing us on the world of professional wrestling in general. Uh, we're really glad that everyone enjoyed it. And there is so much more to come right here on the Milking It podcast. I've got the So, as always, we start with the geek news of the week, and there's plenty to talk about. Mr. Lamont, what's first on the agenda? Well, a couple of little bits of film news. As always, I like to start with the film news, Dave. And Mm -hmm. one of the biggest uh, news items that came through my desk this week was that Empire Film Magazine, world-famous film magazine based in the UK, Mm -hmm. uh, has released a 25-image special cover uh, for the X-Men First Class movie coming up, showing each new mutant and um, all the mutants uh, that will be in the movie, and uh, there's been a little bit of a hubbub, David. Yes, there's been a. It's certainly stoked some interest with people in terms of uh, taking popular characters and maybe altering them slightly uh, to make them a little bit more hipster. I'm thinking of a couple in uh, in particular, but uh, I, so far so good. I, I could not be more excited about this movie. See, the thing is, Dave. At first, when I saw, well, let's break it down. The the, the most controversial image so, thus far mm-hmm. is of the character Quicksilver. That's uh, Pietro, who is Magneto's son. We talked about this previously on the Milk in the Podcast. Yes, um, I remember. But what they've done is um, they've kind of made him... Look like Professor Brian Cox. Yes, they've made him look like Professor Brian Cox. They've taken the idea of silver and they've been like, right, he's got silver in the name. Let's give him silver hair. Let's give mm. him silver to wear. Let's give him some silver goggles and... Um, you've got to remember that this film takes place in an alternative timeline, which is the whole gimmick of the movie. Yeah. So obviously there are going to look differences. 
And I mean, some of the other characters, um, Colossus, Bishop, they all look fantastic, but then their Quicksilver does stick out like a sore thumb. But I, for one, I'm going to wait and see the movie as always, and let's see how it goes. I, I think it looks really cool, but great on Empire for releasing those um, those images. Um, loads of interesting looking characters, and I, for one, can't wait for the movie. But yeah, lots of controversy over that. But then with a reboot like that, like with the last one, there's always mm. going to be the naysayers, including myself. Uh, until I saw First Class... Um, just yeah i wasn't really the idea of it kind of i didn't like but then when i actually saw it i i really enjoyed it so days of futures past as anyone is called is definitely on my radar whether whether quicksilver looks like a hipster douche or not <laughs> yeah fair dues i know i, I just think it, it is it does look very interesting i mean empire always do really great covers like that and the, the fact they've done 25 different characters uh is, is cynical in some ways but uh, it does give everyone a, a proper good glimpse at uh, what's coming I, I genuinely genuinely can't wait to see that film no, me neither. It's going to be a good one. If you don't mind, I'm going to stick with the superhero movie news. Mm. Um, this week in our timeline has seen the release of the new DC animated movie, Justice League War. Um, I have been very unprivileged to have watched this movie uh, a little bit early, and I can I can vouch for the movie. Absolutely brilliant. Um, the DC animated universe continues to own Marvel's animated universe, but mm. of course they've got a long ways to catch up on the live action front. But um, do you think um, is this the movie that's based on the uh, DC New Fifty Two style? Jay, it is. Uh, Justice if, you League. Rem- if you remember when we were talking about Justice League Flashpoint mm-hmm. paradox, um, it ended with the there was a little post credit. Yeah. And um, this is the continuation of that. And, ah, okay. Uh, for you eagle-eyed viewers, once you do uh, check out a copy of Justice League War, stick around for the credits because there is a segue into the next movie. I'm not going to spoil it, mm. but um, needless to say, DC Animated uh, Universe have got it all the way right at the moment. So definitely check that out. That's Justice League War. Definitely. That's, that'll be on my uh, my legal download uh, listings for this afternoon, I think. I should have to check that out. <laughs> uh, just to butt in very quickly about uh, films and some film news from this week was uh, an anniversary for uh, one of my favourite films and a film that got me interested in, uh, in media studies and everything else uh, was Clerks turns 20 years old this year. It's the 20 years since they... Uh, had their showing at Sundance and Kevin Smith's uh, opus was uh, shown to the world. Um, Incredibly influential, incredibly influential film. But Kevin Smith has announced this week a brand new film as well. He has, David, and something that's of major interest to me. At the moment, there seems to be a lot of focus on the character of Krampus, who is like the anti-Santa. For example, this year's American Dad Christmas special was about Krampus. Yeah. So, um... I'm not not something I've been massively aware of before kind of this this Christmas just gone. But um, I'm a huge fan of horror anthology movies like um, Tales from the Dark Side, uh, Creepshow. There's some classics. And now Kevin Smith has announced a Krampus horror anthology. Um, it's it's almost like Kevin Smith is announcing. And do you remember do you remember about six months ago he was going to retire? Yes, yeah. Well, he'd said that Clerks 3 was going to be the last thing he made. And then he went back on that and said, actually, I'm going to make any film that no one else could make. So he said he'll quite happily continue to make films as long as they are Kevin Smith films. They're unique. It's not him trying to be somebody else or try and do something else, which, um, you know, he's been criticised before with things like uh, Zack and Miri. 
uh, not being his style of movie. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm very excited that he's making films. I, I, Red State, as I've said previously on the, the podcast, is one of the, the best movies I've watched in a long time. But, and he uh, does seem to be veering towards the horror movie, I mean, with the upcoming <laughs> Tusk, of course. Yes, yeah, again, a, another one that I cannot wait to watch. I think that would be absolutely brilliant. And I also think it's high time that Kevin Smith came back to the world of animated television because he is sorely missed. I, the Clerks, while we are talking about Clerks, mm. the Clerks animated series was seriously underrated. and um, Yeah, and, and cancelled before the run finished as well on that one. Does, uh, I, I know you've seen it. I believe you've got the box set, don't you? Yes, I do. I, I, that, that's one of my proudest little things. <laughs> and I, 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 and I, uh, I'm sure I borrowed it off you at some point because I've definitely seen every episode. Mm. Um, talking really of, like of Clerks, actually, and uh, Jay and Silent Bob and all those kind of characters. Um, I actually managed to pick up a, a, a present for you, Mr. Lamont, which I shall have to uh, post to you, post haste, uh, which was, a, in fact, a little Kubrick's Jay and Silent Bob set, which I thought would be uh, a, oh, a nice little, nice little I touch. Am, I am the Jay to your Silent Bob, but you're not very silent. Do you know, it, it works, it works, it works, hmm. trust me. No, I... Oh, Mills just we'll edit we'll edit the crying, but um <laughs> if anything I'll enhance it in uh, in, post, <laughs> in post as they say. <laughs> like George Lucas, you can add like real screaming sounds and sniffles, like it's just a single tear, but Dave will make it. <laughs> so is that a sad that's not the sad going away music from the Incredible Hulk, is it? I believe it was, yes. Uh, which sounds oh, a bit God. like this. <laughs> why david why did you have to play that at the beginning of the episode <laughs> so, oh, yes. God. Oh, <laughs> so we're, we're in the middle of uh, clerk's news but yes 20 years and um if anyone's interested uh like i've said before he is one of the main reasons why i've done ended up doing a podcast with this chump um so <laughs> get get on board smodcast listen to the smodcast the past two episodes are him recounting that trip to sundance showing clerks and the, his life literally changing really interesting really funny utterly filthy um but absolutely a, a huge 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 amount of win for that film and uh, definitely something you should check out if you haven't seen clerks what why are you listening to us go and stop this now and go and listen go, go and watch that film now go go we'll wait we'll wait salsa shark we're gonna need a bigger boat while we're here, Dave, I thought I'd <laughs> um, back on the back on track with the geek news. If we're yes. talking anniversaries, mm. very quickly, it's something that I'm not into a great deal, um, but it is very important to geek culture, and that is uh, recently Dungeons and Dragons turned 40. 40 Ooh. years 40 of role playing years. plus one mace magic. Um, <laughs> Gary Gaidak. Uh, the creator unfortunately died a few years ago but I'm sure he would have been very proud to see that his creation is still going and still influencing geeks across the world without Dungeons and Dragons we wouldn't have Warcraft we wouldn't have so much basic um, sorry um, you know real basic fantasy stuff that's yeah. all come from Dungeons and Dragons so um, congratulations, congratulations to the franchise Dungeons and Dragons on turning 40 um, that's quite incredible geeks everywhere celebrate Okay, so we've got. Let's move on to a, a little bit TV news quickly, Dave. Um, okay. This week, this week uh, had a couple of interesting factoids. The first thing I wanted to mention <laughs> factoids. was it's all gone Steve right again, hasn't it? In a, again, factoids. It's another uh, true story. <laughs> <laughs> right, international listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
yeah, Star Wars Rebels. Mm. Uh, it's the follow-up to the animated series The Clone Wars. Yeah. And it's the first Disney-produced Star Wars um, TV show since the buyout. Mm. Um, very exciting. They, they've announced that they may include uh, voice talents from the movies. That's all of the movies. That'll be Anthony Daniels, then. Well, there's a rumour <laughs> that James Earl Jones has been asked to uh, play a certain oh, character really? that he is well known for. Oh, okay. Um, and also... The, the Bob... father from Lion King, presumably. That's the one. Oh, Kimba. Kimba. <laughs> um, but um, the uh, Star, Wars, Star Wars Rebels, it's going to mm. use the extended... It's the rumoured that it's going to use the extended universe, which was from the books. Basically, um, we Star spoke Wars about Rebels, this, didn't we? we? We spoke about the extended universe a, a couple of podcasts. I spoke about the extended yeah. universe. Mm. Um, the Star Wars Rebels TV show is based uh, in the 20 year gap between episode three and four. So we're going to see early versions of Empire ships such as the TIE Fighter and the Star Destroyer. Mm. We're going to see early uses of the Rebel ships like the X-Wing. Um, I'm, obviously, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, so I cannot wait. I quite enjoyed the Clone Wars, but it was a bit ch- kiddified, so I couldn't really get massively behind it. Mm. This one... Um, is closer in tone to my kind of Star Wars. We're talking episodes four, five, and six. So um, I'm really looking forward to Star Wars Rebels, and I can't wait to see more news as it comes out. Yeah, I, um, I, I saw something as well. Sorry to 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 put no, it. No, no, but, no. Um, there was some news that Pixar might be working on a Star Wars movie. Dave, it's an inevitability that wherever Disney goes, Pixar is sure to follow, and that's not a bad thing. No, um, absolutely not. That a Star Wars be Pixar movie. Um, again, as it will probably, uh, as we were just saying, the Star Wars Clone Wars TV show was computer generated, mm-hmm. and um, and it you know and it looked good, and I believe the Star Wars Rebel one, Rebels one, it will be computer generated as well. So this is going to give us a good indicator of what the Pixar Star Wars movie will look like if it does come to fruition. While we're talking Star Wars, Dave, I also mm-hmm. want to talk about um the news about the standalone Boba Fett movie. Ah, yes, the one that I erroneously said had been cancelled, but then apparently I was reading something very different this week. Uh, I heard something very exciting that, if true, may really kickstart the character for me. Uh, the rumour is that the new Boba Fett solo movie starts with a stranger killing Boba Fett within the first ten minutes, taking his armour and taking on the mantle of Boba Fett. This would clear up a lot of the issues caused by the Django yeah. Fett, Boba Fett, Clone Wars mess that they created with episodes one, two, and three. Mm. I, I think that's a fantastic idea. Um, it's almost so like a sort of Star Wars version of the Sin Cara character that's <laughs> currently happening. <laughs> Is that still a thing, Sin Cara? Um, yeah, apparently so. <laughs> Although, yeah, we'll, we'll discuss this a bit later when we talk about the Royal Rumble, but yeah, go on. <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah, the Boba Fett movie um, hmm. sounds thoroughly interesting to me, and um, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, one more little bit of TV news before, uh, and, and I, I've been saving this, Dave, because I know that this is going to tickle your pickle no end. Ooh, um, tickle away, sir. A, there has been a casting call for the first villain in the new TV series, Gotham, and oh, they, are casting, they are casting a character... In his twenties, mm-hmm. slightly heavy set, yes. he goes by the name mm-hmm. of Oswald. Oh, that's right. The Penguin will be the um, unofficially, but you know it's not been confirmed. But the Penguin may be the first villain you'll see on the uh, Gotham TV series, the upcoming one about uh, the, the the origins <clears throat> of uh, Commissioner Gordon and Batman. Yes, Co- Commissioner Gordon's first year on the job, Batman's first, well, Bruce Wayne's year leading up to 
putting on the cowl. Uh, that would be amazing to see uh, a young penguin involved. And it makes sense, I suppose. He is, you know, I shouldn't say he's the most realistic of the villains, but he's probably the most grounded in reality villain that you could use. But yeah, that would be very special. Oh, hello. It'll be the first time we've seen a live action penguin since uh, on screen since Danny DeVito. <laughs> that's very yeah it's very true actually yeah I, I my mind immediately went to um the 1966 batman tv series there. But, uh, yeah with the uh, good old mickey playing <laughs> um playing uh the penguin oh my god yes that absolutely brilliant and i'm i'm glad they they're doing that i'm i'm concerned a little bit about how they'll do the joker um i'm hoping it's the sort of red hood I was literally about to say, as long as they, if they can hold back on revealing his face, if they can somehow work it that he's the Red Hood, mm. and maybe that's the cliffhanger. He takes the mask off, and you see an undamaged Joker, but you can mm. recognise that it's Joker. Yes, yes. So you know, and I mean, we, I mean, we 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 said this before about going down that sort of Killing Joke way of of doing it. I mean, you saw the Joker before he was the Joker in the Killing Joke, and it was uh, incredibly well done. And I mean, if they're going to take a little, um, if they're going to be taking slight liberties with the characters, I, I see no reason why we can't go revert back to the Joker being the one that killed Batman's parents originally, just like they did in the original film. Controversial choice. Uh, ah, yes. Uh, no, yeah. I know, okay. I, know, I know, I know, but <laughs> I know, I know. But again, you don't, again, you don't see his face or something, and, and then you know he takes the red hood off, and it's actually the guy that killed Batman's parents, and mm. then the accident happens. But. I don't know. There's just so much that could happen in the Gotham TV series. I really am looking forward to it. Um, just, yeah, fantastic ideas. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing like a gritty, Not like, it'll be interesting to see a Batman show without Batman. Yes, yeah, absolutely. In that kind of Smallville way of, yeah, he doesn't put on the cape and everything else. I, I just, I like the idea of putting the, the the sort of emphasis on commissioner gordon and and seeing him trying to deal with the corrupt police force and all that kind of thing but yeah james, uh, james gordon is easily one of the most interesting police characters kind of that we have in comic books or anything and um it, it's they've tried for a long time to get a commissioner gordon thing going haven't mm, they i mean yeah. he's easily a non-powered character that you would happily read his own comic books like if he was just investigating stuff i'd still happily read that because james gordon is such an interesting character mm. yeah definitely um one thing that's just come into my head actually with while we're talking about geek news is um we spoke about the and i've, I've got to say a, a, a give a bit of a shout out to one of the milksters who listens to the program um uh, is a guy called james who i work with um really nice guy a proper died in the wool geek assassin's creed fan everything else uh he has just got hold of the simpsons lego house um he ordered it online it's come through and he's he's been posting pictures on his facebook of him putting this fucking house together literally two thousand plus pieces <laughs> to try and build this thing and it looks absolutely amazing i'm going to try and get him to to send me some of those pictures so i can put them on the the milking it facebook page but absolutely amazing i had to give him a shout out because i said i would um died in the wool geek and a massive massive simpsons fan the thing that got us a bit excited because we were talking at work about the sort of lego franchises and a bit going off on a bit of a tangent but um was the fact that generally when you've had the lego franchise like lord of the rings or you know the hobbit pirates of the caribbean whatever else they've done there has been a computer game so we wonder whether that might be in the future maybe we'll be seeing a lego simpsons computer game 
would it work? Because, I, I mean... You want to talk got, about open world? Uh, there's plenty to do. Uh, you could have... Uh, come on, let... that. Right, you've started this. We're gonna we're gonna follow this route. Right, you could on. have you, you could have Springfield as the open hub. Completely, yes, which would be amazing to be able to go. Can you imagine just walking around or driving around a Lego Springfield? Finally, now, was it, imagined. Was it hit and run, which was like the free roaming Simpsons? Yes, game? yeah, it was kind of a GTA style thing. Yeah. Okay, not not a bad game, but I just always wanted to just explore more, and I think I, I'm loving this idea. Uh, Traveller's Tales. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, we, that, that's a really great idea. I mean, what would you do as levels, though? Could you base them on famous episodes, or would you have a completely original story? I think you do, you do a completely original story. You you do the whole Mr. Burns is doing something to destroy Springfield, yada, yada, yada. A bit like they did with the Simpsons movie and that kind of thing. But you just you develop it further in terms of you can drop into different characters, so different levels, like you you are Mo or you are a Poo or you are, you know, the, the Marge or whatever. I just think it, it if anything could work, because it's free reign. You can do whatever you want with the characters, you know, create a whole new story, create, you know, get the original voice cast in to do bits and pieces. But Oh, God, Dave, I'm, I'm planning it in my head. You've got Homer's a brawler, mm-hmm. Maggie can... Maggie can crawl through crawl small spaces. There we go. Uh, see, last, you see why last, we're so excited about oh this. Oh my god! Um, Lisa can use her saxophone to do stuff. Bart's oh, got his slingshot. It's all there. Bart's got his slingshot. Look at that! Right, <laughs> right. We're pitching this now. <laughs> we're pitching this now on the podcast, and if it gets made, we want our <laughs> we want our money's worth, or at least a free copy each. Yes, please. Um, Thank you. <laughs> But no, I genuinely would be so excited to play that game. I really, really would love to play a Lego Simpsons game. It'd be amazing. You, I mean, sorry, just 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 because it is interesting. Do you remember the old Simpsons arcade game where you had the four mm. player yes, yeah. and beat them up? Just yeah. envision that, you know, bigger, modern graphics, 3D, Lego, boom. I, I just, I think that's a cracking idea, Dave. That is, just that is a- give me the freedom to run around a Lego Springfield. And after having played Lego Marvel so much and the wonderful moments of running around New York, it's a better New York as far oh as I'm concerned. The GTA. Sorry, I'm still sorry. I'm still <laughs> you could have the Simpsons car. Mm-hmm. You could you could have uh, Mr. Burns's you know uh, posh car. There's have the aliens. Sk- yeah. Skateboard. Oh, Kodos and Kang. Yeah. Have um, and 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 um, while we're pitching this DLC Treehouse of Horror. Get on this game now. Make this game. I I genuinely think, and I would I, I'll put a tenner down now, sir. That by the end of the year there'll have been an announcement that this game exists because they can't not do. It's such a rich universe to tap into, and it suits the Lego style so well. It would be ah, oh, possibly my game of the year, even though it doesn't actually officially exist. <laughs> yeah, it, but no, that's um. Let's get our Simpsons game made because there's not been a decent Simpsons game. No offense. I don't know. Have, Sim- you, have you played Simpsons Tapped Out or? Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm whoa. talking. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not let's not say things we can't say. Back. <laughs> I love Simpsons Tapped Out. I, I was addicted to it for like five months. I've 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 kind of got over that now. Right. Um. But yeah, that was great. Mm. But if we're going home consoles, there was the Simpsons game by EA, which failed to spark. As much as it could have. Yeah. Was that the one where they parodied loads of other computer games? games. Yes, they had a Call, Call of Duty. They had a Medal of Honor yeah. level and a Katamari level. Hmm. Um, so, we're yeah, no, I'm still waiting for the perfect Simpsons game. Sorry, you just put it in my head and I was just like, what a good idea. 
But um, yeah, there's not been a Bart versus the Space Mutants was just frustrating. <laughs> yes, yeah, but the the beginning was very cool. I remember the animated beginning on the, the Amiga, I think it was. Is that the green screen one, the Amiga, or, the, or was that coloured? It was coloured. Excellent. <laughs> uh, no, um, yeah, that that's a really cracking idea, and um, there's, there's lots more to cut. Talking of the Lego franchise, Dave, have you seen the new trailers for the Lego Movie? Oh, do you know what? Again, we we mentioned this uh, briefly the other week, and I said we'd have a proper discussion about it, and we will do definitely next week um, a bit of an in depth. It. Oh. I, I really can't wait to see it. I'm so excited about watching a Lego movie. I'm quite ashamed. It just looks brilliant. It looks just really good, fun, full of in-jokes, full of little references that you wouldn't get. And some of the cameos uh, are quite amazing that they've managed to get those signed off. Now, Dave, I don't know whether you saw this, but I actually posted one of the songs that's been confirmed for the Lego soundtrack. Mm. It's um, It was a strange choice. I don't know who the main people are, but it's... Uh... They are accompanied by uh, SNL's uh, group, The Lonely Island. Oh, yes. Big fan. Which is kind of weird for a kid's movie because uh, Lonely Island are probably best known for songs such as Jizz in My Pants, uh, Dick in a Box. Throw it on the ground. (laughs) Happy birthday to the ground. (laughs) (laughs) And and possibly the greatest song that Michael Bolton's ever done in the Pirates of the Caribbean. Jack Sparrow. (laughs) A hundred percent. I will put a link on our Facebook page of that song because um, even today, it, I think if, if I start my iTunes up and put the songs in order of the number of times they've been played, that's probably within the top three. <laughs> I do genuinely love that. Turtle Neck and Chain is just a great <laughs> album, it really is. Couple more, couple more bits of geek news. Dave. Hmm, sorry. Yes, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes, we're not on a you... Simpsons tangent there. Yes. Um... I don't know whether you guys, uh, anyone that's on the uh, Facebook fan page, that's facebook.com forward slash milking it, mm-hmm. will have seen the yesterday I posted the first official pictures of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from the oh. new Michael Bay movie. Did you did you happen to check that out, David? I did, yeah. I was looking at those this morning. Slightly bizarre, but not too bizarre that they look uncanny. I'm going yeah. to go out on a limb here and say I really like the new look, especially Donatello. Mm. Um, I think they look fantastic. I actually read a report, a written report, uh, a couple of months back from someone that had claimed to have seen a behind the door, behind the curtain, um, signed, you know, signed um, confidentiality agreement. Yeah. I wouldn't talk about what they saw, but the guy went ahead and anonymously posted it anyway. Hmm. And because there was no confirmation, you could either take it with a pinch of salt. Turns out the guy was spot on with his description, so he obviously had seen them. Oh, really? Um, Leonardo has a kind of samurai look. Yeah. Um, Raphael has a kind of urban warrior look to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Michelangelo's the party dude. He has the um, party dude look. He's got like a surfer necklace and stuff. And of course, Donatello's all about technology. Yeah. They look great. I'm going to give Michael, Bo- uh, nearly said Michael Bolton. Michael Bay. <laughs> Michael Bolton's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles would be something completely Donatello! different. <laughs> Something um, completely different, yes. Yeah. Michael Bay, yes, king yeah, of the uh, car crash, literally king of the car crash, uh, explosive film. Mm. But yes. very, but it is a hundred percent CG characters, isn't it? So it it, it is. Um, it's motion capture. Right. Okay. Okay. It is motion capture, so it will be CG, but it will be realistic looking movements. Uh, there were some uh, set photos of months ago, eight, nine months ago. Yeah, I remember seeing wearing yeah. the suits and they had the big shell mm. as well. Um, the 
he looks great. I'm looking forward to it. I hope it kickstarts the Turtles Revolution like it did in the early 90s. Um, I'm really looking forward to that. I mean, I, I'm as long as Krang is involved, I'll be quite uh, happy. Dave, I've got some bad news. Oh, God. Krang is not involved. Um, Seriously, there's no Krang? Uh, as far as I'm aware, the right. big bad no. is, is, is Shredder. Like, no, you know, no Krang, no Dave. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I will not be going anywhere near that film if that uh, disembodied if they, brain isn't involved. If they do a post-credit with Krang, I may just lose it. <laughs> um, last love, bit of love big that news. little pink guy. <laughs> love him. Great bit of background bollocks from Jay a few weeks ago mm. on Krang. If you guys haven't checked that out, download the old episodes now. Um, last bit of geek news I've got for you, Dave, is the announcement Hit that... Dessert. The Elder Scrolls Online is coming to both PS4 and oh, Xbox One, as expected. Oh, yes. uh, so far, it, it's been expected that it will be $15 a month to subscribe. And you, and you won't need PlayStation Plus or a, or an Xbox Live Gold membership to play it, obviously, if you're paying 15 Well, yeah, yeah, you'd hope so. But Wow, $15. So we're talking about like a tenner a month. Yeah. I mean, that's not unheard of for MMOs in the UK. But, it's um, a bird off for me to pay that sort of money. <laughs> See, but it is a lot of money for what it is. Um, definitely. I, I'm. I don't want to pay forty quid to get a game, to have like to get it home to play it for a month and then have to pay another fifteen quid. I know that's how it works, but um. I'm just worried I won't give it enough time to make it worth that money. If you see what I mean. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, and it looks amazing. The the trailers i've watched and the the special edition that they announced and all that kind of stuff looks beautiful and it all fits into that lore of the elder scroll elder scrolls role um and that that intrigues me and pulls me in but the idea of paying every month for something i think because we as we've discussed before many times we're not online gamers we are gamers who then go online afterwards and chit chat about it but the idea of paying per month i don't know i i, I don't even think i be able to get my money's worth out of that if I was doing it. That's that's kind of what I'm worried about. But I mean, did you hear um, the voice cast has been announced? No, really. So the cast list, Dave, is mm. as follows so far. Okay. Playing Cadwell mm. is John Cleese. No, John Cleese involved. Wait, it gets better. Hang on. So, high... Sorry, John Cleese as in John Cleese <laughs> is doing Elder Scrolls. He is in the Elder Scrolls. Dave, you just wait until you hear the rest of this cast list. Oh it's insane. God. Playing the High King Emmerich is Bill Nye. What? Playing Queen Aaron is Kate Beckinsale. This is a bizarre Play list. What wait, wait, wait. It gets bizarrer. Playing Azura, the Daedric Princess. Mm. Linda Carter. Playing Abnathan mm. is Alfred Molina. Wow, okay. <laughs> Playing the Prophet. Is Michael Gambon. Oh, I love his voice. Yes. And playing Molag Bal in Skyrim, my favourite weapon. My favourite weapon was the mace of Molag Bal. Playing the <sighs> evil Daedric god is Malcolm McDowell. Oh, everyone's favourite Clockwork Orange. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's that's a pretty impressive list of people to be involved. I in mean, that. that is a that is a bit that is a cast that if that was a movie that that would you know be an instant buyer. I, I would I, I think that's fantastic. I'm right in saying that John Cleese was in Fable, wasn't he? Was it Fable Three or he played the? Um, it was the Butler. The Butler. There we go. Yes, I thought I recognised that. Uh... That name being involved. Wow, he really does desperately need the money at the moment, doesn't he? Um, 
that's 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 amazing to be fair that i did, i hadn't any idea that they were going down that route it, it's very british heavy as well to be fair um they always are though if you're not noticed i mean um in oblivion uh the king uh was played by patrick stewart mm. oh in um in, in fallout who plays your daddy oh yeah liam neeson thank you that's what i wanted to say the man with the biggest cock in show business yes has he Yes, clearly you don't listen to the Hollywood Babylon podcast. <laughs> How big is Liam Neeson's cock? Is the question they ask every week at the end of the podcast. Um, but yes, on a side note, I'll I'll, I'll be sure to look that up. Um, <laughs> we were in the middle of the conversation. They, they, yes, they always have British people doing the voices in these games. Of hmm. course, Liam Neeson was played your father in Fallout. You've yes, got Patrick yeah. Stewart, who was in Bl- in Oblivion. Always British heavy, and I think the accent lends itself well to fantasy games. And um, as you said, John Cleese was also in Fable, yep. so it's not like this is his first uh, first rodeo as it when it comes to video game voices. I really can't wait to see how The Elder Scrolls Online does. As long as they put in plenty of content, I think I'd be interested in maybe playing for a month or two, but I certainly don't think it's a long-term investment for me, not at not $15 a month. I think if, if, if it's a choice between a tenor for that or a tenor for the WWE network, unfortunately, Vince McMahon's getting my money. <laughs> I mean, just while we're talking about MMOs, my experience of MMOs is I played City of Heroes, I played um, DC Universe Online, obviously I'm a superhero fan. When it comes to fantasy games, I did play World of Warcraft for a couple of days, but I found not only did I not like the game, I didn't like the people that played it. No offence to any Muxers that play World of Warcraft. It's just that I think I ended up on a couple of servers with some really, like, for lack of a better word, cocks. Douche. Um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, um, so my experiences on the superhero uh, MMOs are a lot better than the fancy ones. Hmm. I think as long as people don't take it too seriously, then I think we'll be all right. I just want to quickly, while we're talking about video games, I just sure. want to give a shout out to a game that I've become obsessive recently, even though I don't play it and I've got no intention of playing it. Oh, okay. The game is... The game is DayZ, or DayZ, as we call it over in the UK. Um, this is an Armour 2 expansion. Just reading people's experiences on the game, it's like it's like a completely different world. I suggest you go on YouTube and just look up stories from DayZ. It's a post-apocalyptic survival game where you have to scavenge stuff, and obviously there are zombies around, but zombies aren't the real monsters. It's other people that are the real monsters. And some of the stories that are coming out of it are, are worthy of novels. Um, so I just wanted to recommend that everyone goes and checks out Daisy on the PC. And if you have any uh, interesting things happen to you in Daisy that you think's worth a mention on the Milking It podcast, please um, hit us up. Mm. That's Milking It. That's uh, Milking It podcast at gmail dot com. Absolutely. Um, so that rounds off a, a rather rambling and long discussion that was this week's geek news. They say you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but apparently you can teach a sleeping dog how to do kung fu, how to be a triad, how to kidnap people out of their car, pull them out, put them in the boot, drive off a cliff and throw them as far as you can. Yes, it's Jay Hodgkin with this week's Sticky Thumb Fun Emporium. They say you can't get something for nothing. The STD, for instance, that has left my groin looking like New York City on September the 12th, 2001, for instance, cost me £20 and a sense of shame that has not quite faded away yet. Well, apart from that, they are cynical gobshites. You can get something for nothing. 
Between the 1st and the 16th of January 2013, Xbox Live Gold subscribers got Square Enix's epic sandbox title Sleeping Dogs for the price that your mother charges schoolboys for hand jobs. That's right, not only zilch pounds and not one iota pence, which qualifies a 2012 full price physical title for this week's Sticky Floor Fun Emporium. Did you miss it? Did you? Ha ha! You're a massive gimmer. Mm-hmm. Originally intended to be released by Activision as a sequel to the moderately successful True Crime series, Sleeping Dogs is a Hong Kong-based crime epic in the vein of GTA. Our chiselled avatar, Wei, spends the best part of the game's 30-hour story duration as a cop deep undercover in a fractious triad organisation. Where Grand Theft Auto and its ilk reference the cream of Western crime cinema, Sleeping Dog fills its cheeks up with the respectful nods to Eastern works of the likes of Tageshi Mike, Tony Jar, Jet Li and Jackie Chan. It skews the sartorial humour of its all-conquering genre-make Grand Theft Auto in favour of a sombre tone, despite featuring a range of gangsters with silly names like Dog Eyes, Horse Face, Ponytail and Budgery Gar genitals. It's an interesting tale told by some great voice actors, but weirdly all the Chinese people in China speak English to each other. Hmm. Uh, Gameplay-wise, it's a mixed bag, sort of like Bombay mix, only less like year-old snacks scraped from underneath the settee cushion. The driving sections feel a little janky, thanks to an helpful camera, but that doesn't really matter, as the races are ridiculously easy, and the time limits during chase missions incredibly forgiving. The on-foot control is very strong, with Wei parkouring about the place with infinitely more cool than those French twats who go on and on about philosophies of free running. Get a job, you wankers. Combat is split between Arkham Asylum style physicality, which is excellently realised, and Gears of War style gunplay, which is not so excellently realised. Ultimately, I think it would have been better if I'd played it before the spectacular Grand Theft Auto V which has now, with its refined spit and polish, ruined every other sandbox title ever for me. It's pretty decent, and hey, completely free. Or at least it was. Where were you, eh? Where were you when you were out having fun? Were you speaking to people? Were you kissing girls? Were you you doing things with people? You loser. You loser. It gets four thumb marks out of five for me. And that's it for today. Do come again soon. Doodle pip. So, as we've said, uh, we would have a discussion about professional wrestling now and again on the Milking podcast. Um, one of the things we did say was that we weren't going to talk about every single pay-per-view that came along, but we would talk about the big four. Uh, and one of those happened this week. In fact, it's the one that I always look forward to the most. Uh, despite what people say, I am probably a fan of this particular pay-per-view more than I am a fan of WrestleMania, because it's uh, it's certainly <laughs> given me more entertainment over the years. It was, and is, the Royal Rumble. It happened this Sunday. Absolutely, Dave. I'm in total agreement with you. Every year I look forward to the Rumble the most. It is the one match. It's the only time they do the Rumble in the year. They've managed to keep this particular match sacred. It's like when Hell in a Cell, they used to be one every now and then. When now there's a pay-per-view with two at the beginning and one at the end. No one gives a shit. The Royal Rumble has been kept pure and holy by being a a once-a-year occasion. Absolutely. I think the only time they've ever done uh, two Royal, Royal Rumbles, they did a corporate Royal Rumble back in the Attitude Era. But yeah, that, that was, like I say, it, it, they've kept it as it is. It, it is that event where you get to see the most number of people. It's one of those events that, in my opinion, that you show 
people that aren't fans of wrestling because it's it's very easy to get into it's a very accessible main event in terms of right well there's just people after people after people you know you can see all these characters come down you don't have to actually try and invest in getting them to you know think that oh yes these guys are pretending to fight but no it, it just it's one of those things and this year was no different um an interesting event it's had mixed reviews from everything that i've been reading um did you watch the event booley I did watch the event, David. Hmm. Uh, but what I, happened, Booley? <laughs> I kind of passed out uh, a little bit after entrance one and two, and I did wake up just in time to see the finish. So, yeah. Um, I, but I have since gone through it, and uh, I am more than able to uh, have a decent conversation with you about this year's Royal Rumble. Cool. No problem at all. Well, that's what we're going to do. We're going to just go, go through uh, match by match and uh, just have a little bit of a, a general chit chat about it and the ramifications coming out of it, which uh, there seems to have been quite a bit of fallout this year <laughs> compared to normal years. Um, the Royal Rumble normally uh, marks the start of the road to WrestleMania, but uh, for some people, a particular uh, superstar, it seems that his journey to WrestleMania may have ended just by him walking out of the company. But we'll we'll get to that a little bit later on. Um, so the, the matches itself, uh, in terms of the undercard before the Royal Rumble, weren't particularly standout. However, the the, the opening match was possibly the best match on the card outside of the it Royal was, Rumble it, itself. It was it was the best match on the card by far, Dave. It had everything. Obviously, something that we've known for years as fans of independent wrestling, as well mm. as the WWE, something we've known for years is just how good. Daniel Bryan is. I had the opportunity to actually watch Daniel Bryan wrestle uh, as American Dragon uh, in the early days, 2001-2002. He used to come over here and wrestle um, for All-Star and he did a couple of shows for the FWA, Mm. uh, one of the big uh, British companies back in the day. It's it's about in some form now still, but it's not what it was. But um, he he was a a consummate professional when I met him. and I always knew that he was destined for big things. I just think it's a shame it took so long. But now now he's there. My God, the guy is fucking as over as I've ever seen any wrestler. It completely. To the point where, you know, later in the event, because um, I, I, I was under the impression going into watching the Royal Rumble that Daniel Bryan was going to be part of the Royal Rumble itself, as well as in the opening match, which I know they've done in previous years where they've had people do double duty and, uh, and everything else. But he wasn't. And... The audience was genuinely angry about that. <laughs> the thing is, though, if you if you actually paid attention um, to the pre... There was a video which showed everyone going, you know, why I'm going to win the Royal Rumble and I'm going to win the Royal Rumble. Yeah. And there was Rey Mysterio saying, I'm going to win the Royal Rumble, booyakasha kind of thing. Got to 29 and, um, you know, Rey hadn't appeared yet. If you really on, If you thought that it was going to be DB, you know, it, the company is there to make money. It's not there always to make the fans happy. And I'm just going to say this. I'll probably make myself a little bit unpopular with my peers. The next day on Facebook, a lot of people who I know in the wrestling business, who are who work in the wrestling business themselves, mm. were mad. Like, oh, they hate their fans. And why wasn't Daniel Bryan in the Rumble and blah, blah, blah. Trust me, if, you, if you're that worried about what other people are doing, you know, you're in the wrong job. Um, and trust in what the WWE do. Because they always have a plan. And um, the Daniel Bryan thing, it's not... It's not even at near its peak yet, and trust me, if 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 they have any you know um, any you know any experience of it over the years, which they which they do, the WWE are doing the right thing with Daniel Bryan. 
I I must admit I do agree with you. I think that because the next night on Raw, the the interview that he, he cut at the beginning with with uh, Triple H and Steph was very much a kind of right. Well, we know this is a massive deal. We are going to point you in the right direction, and we're going to tease that idea that you know this is a revolution, and you know it's a groundswell of, of opinion and everything else, and. I'm genuinely excited to see what they do with the character. I think they've got this character that's that is so over and so in the public, you know, the public mind that they don't need to put him in the rumble. They don't need to have him in the main event. He's getting this response by being in the opening match. So you know, you don't. That's yeah, fine. You know, just keep teasing it and work it towards Dave, wherever Dave, they go. Notice they put him in the opening match, and then what? What did we hear for the rest of the pay per view? Completely. Daniel Bryan chance. Yes, yeah. chance. They. And I, I'm. I'm. I'm hoping that it's intelligence on the booking committee side. But by putting him in the opener, that opened the rest of the show to be a Daniel Bryan's friendly crowd participation arena. Totally, and it, it, I'm, I'm thinking they were they in Philly or no Pittsburgh, weren't they? Sorry, of course, uh, you know, which is kind of a rowdy crowd normally anyway. But yeah, they they were very very much behind Daniel Bryan. Um, but it has to be said, probably the best match I've seen Bray Wyatt do since he's come into like being on the main roster. Well, no, the guy can go. He's been wrestling for years. He's been in the NXT. He was in NXT for years. He knows he's mm. gone through the program. He is a WWE wrestler. Well, he's a third generation superstar, the same as The Rock and people like that, isn't he? Exactly. Um, which the WWE always have a huge hard on for is intergenerational wrestlers. So, mm. uh, but um, yeah, fantastic showing. A clean victory for Bray Wyatt. Yeah. And um, and no damage to Daniel Bryan in that victory as well, which is you know that's always a good. Well, thing. you say no damage uh, that suicide dive outside the ring spot mm, yes okay i mean as in no damage to his momentum his character, yes. <laughs> yeah. there was no. probably some severe damage courtesy of that that was quite brutal um, it, was, it was beautifully done as well i mean it really looked vicious and that in wrestling that's what i like um i like things that look real um mm. obviously i'm sure it was safe it's got to hurt a little bit nothing we do doesn't hurt <laughs> you know well yes but um but yeah, totally um, fantastic opener and really um, set the scene for what would be the uh, you know the atmosphere for the rest of the show. It was Completely. a Daniel Bryan's heavy show. So even though he appeared once, yeah, totally. And um, you know that that was like you say, it was a good a good opener and a, a really probably what well, was the best match on the card, definitely. Um, certainly better than the next match that came along, which hey, was. Uh, I- Dave, I'm really sorry to stop you. No, no, we've, missed out, we've missed out something really important. Oh, the pre-show. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, oh, you know. Tag, tag team titles change hands, and the feud between Cody and Goldust has begun. Yes, completely. I sort of, fuck, I can't even believe it. Uh, yes, the, the pre-show, which was a free one, which is actually the first pre-show I've watched for free on the WWE website on uh, on Sunday night. Um, was the New Age Outlaws, the newly reformed and newly back on TV New Age Outlaws. Um, you better call somebody! Yeah, quite bizarre. What's with that? 
What is with that? I think we talked about it previously mm. um, amongst ourselves when we were talking about the Legend Show. Yes, which we never actually posted up because it was uh, just a rambling was, conversation. It, it, but yes, you yeah. trust me, guys. It, it was very, very late. Dave had a drink. I'd had a drink, and we just—it it, <laughs> was you know, like two old men at a bar. Just, but, yeah, yeah, it, it, really, it really wasn't a good Daniel conversation. Bryan, back in my Sorry, back back on track. Yeah, hmm. the New Age Outlaws pick up the tag team titles from the Rhodes brothers. Um, yeah, and uh, the seed has been set for Cody Rhodes versus Goldust at WrestleMania. And please, God, let Dusty be the guest referee, baby. <laughs> if only Sobu can continue doing his Dusty Rhodes impression every week on If you podcast. will. <laughs> but yes, yeah, it was um, and a hell of a match. Really, really good. And uh, as JBL keeps saying, someone forgot to tell Billy Gunn to age because he's, <laughs> he looks exactly the same as he did in 2004 when he was ending his SmackDown run. <laughs> it, was, uh, it looks really good, apart from the slightly higher hairline. But uh, yeah, genuinely. Are you talking about the one Billy Gunn? I am talking about Mr. Ass. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, no, but genuinely uh, very exciting to, to see them wrestle. And yes, I know it's a nostalgia pop and I know it's the thing that you know we probably shouldn't be getting behind is two people that are far too old getting in the way of people that should be getting roster spots but I did quite enjoy seeing the new age outlaws wrestle I mean on just I'm just I'd be milksters if you know this please post it on our Facebook group the Twitter or even email it to us but um how many title victories have they had now in comparison to the top holders such as Edge and Christian and the Dudley boys people that have held those titles a lot uh, they're well. Huh, it depends if you're talking about individually or together. Of course, because Billy was with the smoke. Yeah, guns because together and... they're on six. And oh, that's not too bad. I think the smoking guns probably held it two or three times. So good uh, old voodoo kin mafia as well. Uh... <laughs> what a great gimmick that was! Uh, if anyone wants to see two wrestlers under the influence, then uh, please <laughs> YouTube that. I'm sure that's not that's not liable, is it? <laughs> Can I get in trouble for that? Um, but yeah, they've, they've well, Billy Gunn and Road Dog have both pretty much said that they were off their gourd. While they Sorry, just to go on a tangent, have you ever seen the interview, Dave? This is still about New Age Outlaws. Yes. Where they are taking the piss out of Triple H. Yes. Like, in a really, really mean mm. fucking way. Yeah, very bitter interview with the two of them. I thought that, I know his, that... uh, his nose uh, <laughs> and yeah. um, just goes to show that anything is possible in wrestling. Um, people fall out and make up all the time, and sometimes I, it looks really I, I, fucking bitter. Uh, but eventually, you know, people do make amends. So. I think we said it in the last show that time and money heals a lot of wounds. Um, a lot of wounds. If they and think mo- they're going to mo- make some money out of it, money is the best plaster you can get. There we go. Um, so, <laughs> back to okay. the Rumble. Back um, to the Rumble. So, yeah, so that was the opening match uh, on the pre-show. It was really good, really exciting in terms of they, they handed the uh, the tag team titles over to the New Age Outlaws, which is interesting, especially when you get to the end of the... Uh, well, when we talk about the Royal Rumble match and one of the uh, the surprise guests, which wasn't a surprise if you follow me on Twitter, but, um, yeah, surprise guests. It was a very much a... Um, it's my friends, I've got them a job kind of night. Um, for example, uh, both Ric Flair and uh, the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels were involved in the uh, conversation. I, I'm trying to think how they word it now. It's, they have like a, a Legends thing. They had Hacksaw Jim Duggan was there and HP. Oh! 
Hacksaw Jim Duggan, who was better dressed than Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels, he was. He was wearing a bloody suit and Shawn was wearing a fucking baseball cap and jeans. Shawn looked like you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, really that, but yeah, it was. Um, but yeah, Ric Flair, always on top form. Um, great guest. Ric so Flair was... had no fucking clue what he was doing there. No. Absolutely not. And to the point where he was giving one word answers to the the questions. Has he got got his teeth fixed yet? I don't know. He still sounds like he's talking with marbles in his mouth. He's he's got that. (laughs) But anyway, he's a legend. So leave him alone. But he's also a friend of Triple H and it was the friend of Triple H night. So Let's move on to the second match of the main card. Christ, this has taken a while. So uh, it was the Big Show and Brock Lesnar. You can't even really call this a match, can you? It was really weird, Dave. It was the only, but I, mm. it was. I'm, I'm going to say, I thought it was great. I thought the way that they put it out, and, and there's not a lot in professional wrestling that can make me feel uncomfortable. Right. Okay. But watching the end of that match made mm. me very uncomfortable. Like. Just the repeated. You know, it, it was just, it was just constant chair shots, and it didn't stop. It was ten minutes. I'd love to know how many chair shots the Big Show took, but it, it became after a while it became uncomfortable to watch, and I've never experienced that in wrestling, especially WWE. It was brutal, it was nasty, and um, it, it was. I, I thought that was really well portrayed by by both of them. Like, kudos to the Big Show for taking that much fucking you know, take that much of a beating and Brock looked like a beast and fucking hell, the deadlift for the F5. Oh, oh fuck, yes. Jesus Christ. Let's, let's start at the beginning. Um, the match didn't, uh, the, the opening bell hadn't rung and Brock attacks the big show with the chair and gives him a series of vicious chair shots. I'm glad they're sticking to the no chair shots to the head. Thing. Yes, that's what, that, it brought back memories of the Rock versus Mankind Royal Rumble At the match. Royal Rumble, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, they were up there with those. That just the strength, the fact that he broke the chair over him was just such an image that was. Uh. Yeah, and, and I mean, um, when those chairs break, that's fucking sharp. I mean, that that could have been dangerous. Hmm. Um, but yeah, a, a, a non-entity as a match, but really, um, it, it made Brock look scary. Uh, yeah, that that I think they portrayed that well. Um, the, uh, you know, so this is not a spoiler-free zone. Um, Brock obviously picked up the win with the F5. Yeah. When he lifted him up for the F5, I thought Brock's spine was going to snap. Genuinely, the strain on his face, but just looked amazing. Because you've got to imagine, yes, they wrestled. Christ, 2003 was it? They wrestled the Royal Rumble, I think. So you're, you're talking 10 years ago when the Big Show was a little bit smaller than he is now. But that's I, that's really got to be the biggest. No, I, I disagree. Really? The Big Show looks the Big Show looks in tremendous shape at the moment. Possibly the best shape of his career. Oh, okay. in, in my in my opinion, only like you know he looks very svelte compared mm. to how he was. Is that the right word? You know, he's looking skinnier and more toned, but obviously. He's still going to weigh a fucking ton. Oh, God, I wouldn't try and pick him up. But yes, an amazing athletic feat. And if they don't show that time and time again to show how Brock is a beast, <laughs> if they don't, then that it was that image. That's what this, for me, this whole match was about the images that they can then show 
in various sort of clips and stuff. It's ready. a shame. Sorry, so rarely do we get these monster versus monster matches anymore. Yeah. I mean, you know, the last time there's been like a real big man match was, you know, when probably Mark Henry and Brock, when they were beating the shit out of each other. And it's the same deal. There were no real matches. It was just like segments almost mm. of just like monstrosity. And I, I think I, I, I'm starting to miss the 80s era, the huge muscle guys. And I, don't, I do like the littler guys. But I'm worried that because the little guys are getting into the WWE, it's giving all of the weekend warriors and the kind of indie guys the false illusion of hope, um, which, you know, and I, I don't think that's really fair. I mean, these these are the guys that have been on the indies for years, but I love seeing two massive guys, you know, like, beat the hell out of each other. And that's exactly what Brock and the Big Show did. It made Brock look powerful. It made the Big Show look like it took so much to stop him. You know, yeah. If that's what it takes to put down the big show, like a hundred chair shots, if that's what it takes, then they. And, and again, big show, uh, even though he lost, he didn't look weak from it. I don't no, think no, anything. not at all. No, I, don't, I think I think you're right. I think there's that there's that thing of um, I can't even remember who it was that I was listening to an interview with, and they said, "Why would you pay money to go and see two people who look like you in the ring?" You know, you you want that kind of superhero thing of they're larger than life. And they're destructive, and that's what you got in this match. It was that monster versus monster thing, and you know, I, for what they did, I thought it was really good. Paul Heyman did his job wonderfully, as always. Um, as we mentioned, yep, can't wait for the DVD. Uh, but yes, yeah, it just made Brock look like that unstoppable force that uh, they need to be doing. But uh, very interesting. Um, so next up, as far as I World remember, heavyweight title wwe heavyweight mm. title match even very interesting uh, um a lot of fun to watch but not necessarily for what was going on in the ring <laughs> um mainly due to the crowd uh who had decided that they were not going to play ball that night at all in fact they wanted daniel bryan <laughs> yes and they, they were quite loud in letting yes. us know this they were vocal about it just briefly let's t- touch on the match mm. um I've recently kind of softened up on Cena. I understand that he's a career, he's a, he is the career man. He has carried the company, you know, whether we like it or not, it is a PG-13 company, has been for the last eight or so years, and Cena has carried them on his shoulders, um, the popularity. I am desperate now to see a Cena heel turn, but I just, until they've got a face who is as popular, Mm -hmm. it's not going to happen because he doesn't have anybody to stop him as a heel. That's the problem. No, and I, I think they've got enough effective heels that they don't need him as another one. No. I think it... I, I mean, it's something I'd like to see down the line. You know, hmm. when, when Hogan had absolutely nothing left that he could do, yeah. and then uh, Eric Bischoff was like, turn heel. And he did, and it worked. So, I, you know, <clears throat> maybe down the line. I, I'm going to go out and say it here. I'm not a fan of Orton. I've never been a fan of Orton. I don't no. see the appeal. Um, of his work, I just don't. Um, I find him very basic, but then, uh, you know, obviously, he's a guy you're meant to love to hate. But I, but, like but, but no, real... I don't. I don't think it's that I love to hate him. It's that I find him incredibly boring. He's yeah, just the most vanilla performer that I've watched in years, and I understand why, like you said earlier, they get a bit of a hard on for him because he's 
Bob Orton's son, and you know Absolutely. he's he's managed to stick around long enough. Then he doesn't get injured too much, and what well, the back in the day he did, I suppose. But there's just nothing about him that would make me want to buy a ticket and go and watch him perform. That's that's that is the point. I would never buy a ticket to see a Randy Orton match, whereas I would buy a ticket to see. I'll I'll, I'll admit it. I'd, I'd buy a ticket to see Brock versus Big Show. I'd buy a ticket to watch Daniel Bryan versus Bray Wyatt. I wouldn't pay money on the basis of a Randy Orton match and possibly even a John Cena match. No, he's uh, he's he's human smoke. He doesn't he doesn't give anything. He's just he's there. He happens to be filling some spot and anything else. I'm you know I, the telling thing is that he's in all of the computer games. I don't think I've ever used him as a character. Right. Um, but. Um, as as we as we don't as you know it's not a spoiler free zone here. Uh, mm-hmm. Orton, reta- Orton retained. Yeah. Um, thanks to interference from Bray Wyatt, which is obviously going to lead on to a Cena versus the Wyatt family. If you don't see how that feud's going to end up, um, you can't call yourself a fan. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, um, it'd be interesting to be fair. So yeah, the, the title match, nothing set the world on fire, but there were yes chance and Daniel Bryan chance. This is boring chance all the way through. We want divas at one point was the one that got me just I, pissing I myself laughing. I understand that Autumn was pissed when he got backstage. Yeah, as, as well he should be. If if he can't captivate an audience enough that they don't think they've got to make their own fucking entertainment, then the guy shouldn't be doing what he's doing. I'm sorry, at least John Cena got them angry. At least John Cena got them booing and got Absolutely. some emotional response from them. Doesn't Randy matter where the... literally turned up and was the most vanilla character you'll ever watch. Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. John Cena, whether you like him or hate him, you react to him. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you, you, you can't stand the guy, you will still boo and Cena sucks. That's a reaction. If you love him, you're like, yeah, go Cena. That's a reaction. When Orton's out there, I'm just like, oh, I wonder what's going on on my phone. Or, um, oh, uh, you know, I-, I think I have a game of Little Inferno. He's, um, he's the wrestling equivalent of side salad. You know, you, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I might have a little bit, but nah, not that bothered. <laughs> so that was Orton versus Cena. Yeah. Um, David, shall we move on to the main bowl? Yes, let us. <laughs> it's taken a while, but Talking yes. Talking of salad, yes. let us. Uh, oh, oh. See what he did there. That's up there with the Operation Boo Tree gag from the other day. <laughs> um, now then, now then. So, uh, the Royal Rumble itself. Yes, my favourite match of the year. The one that I always look forward to and one that I'll always stick on, like I say, if people aren't wrestling fans and I can just go, oh yeah, see all these guys. So, it wasn't a massive one for comebacks or surprises or anything in particular. We had um, Alexander Rushev uh, from NXT who made his debut in the Royal Rumble, which would have worked possibly better if he'd at least had one... Um... Another Knox wrestling trainee. Um, he is. He came from the school, which is partly owned by Rikishi and the family of the Wild Samoans, mm-hmm. um, which I've got a few ties with. Um, yeah, very one of their one of Knox Academy's standout guys, and um, just another guy making his debut. So in that in that match uh, from that family and from that wrestling school, you had Rikishi, Roman Reigns, um, and of course Alex Rusev, the the, the new wrestler from Bulgaria. I, I, you know, um, I hadn't heard a lot about him other than kind of pictures that I'd seen from the Knox uh, Wrestling Academy. Hmm. But um, all very proud that he made his debut. And my God, what a beast. Yeah, absolutely. And the stuff that he's done on NXT is absolutely brilliant. And he is he's a proper old school 
big heel character. Um, I just think it would have maybe helped him if they'd given him one promo package on Raw or something before he debuted, because it was a bit of a sort of wet fart of a moment when everyone just went, who's that? And like 10% of the audience who probably watch NXT went, oh, yeah, yeah, that's that guy who's normally with that woman. And oh, where's she? Oh, oh, okay. Um, That doesn't make sense. But at least he's out of the god awful trunks they used to make him wear. And he's back into uh, some normal wrestling gear. But uh, yeah, very good. And and not a bad showing, to be fair, for for someone who just got into it. He did eliminate a few people, didn't he? I believe so. Yes. Yeah, I haven't got the listing in front of me. But yes, definitely. He he had quite a good showing. Um, Other than that, I think, looking at my list, Kevin Nash was probably the... um, the big surprise slash not really a surprise because he put a picture of himself a week ago on Facebook having uh, dyed his hair. Um, Kevin Nash came out, number 14. Big and out. Well, yeah, it's Kevin Nash. It's big, sexy. The NWO music hit and everyone went wild. But uh, unfortunately, again, like we say, came across a little bit like a, uh, oh, he's my friend. Let's get him involved in the Royal Rumble. And as usual, Dave, uh, Kofi Kingston does his little parkour trick at the Royal Rumble. Ah, oh, yes, he's yeah. he's inhabited that sort of Shelton Benjamin moment of uh, yes. yeah, once a year I'll do something jaw dropping and then uh, unfortunately be buried for the rest of it. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> he is a he is a company man. Uh, there is very little chance he'll lose his job. Yep. He is a great spokesperson for the WWE, and um, yeah, just I, I like I like Kofi as a guy. I like Kofi as a wrestler. I think. Um, it's good that he's got his little spot at the Rumble and uh, hopefully he'll have his little spot at the next Money in the Bank match as well. Absolutely. But I, I think that the, the breakout thing that happened as part of the Royal Rumble, um, spoiler alert again, uh, obviously Batista was involved um, and Batista went on to win the Royal Rumble this year. Uh, but it wasn't him who came away, I don't think, looking the best. I think that the, clearly the star that they were trying to make was Roman Reigns. They have had a hard-on for Roman Reigns for a while. As I, as I just said, this guy um, comes from a, a great wrestling lineage. Um, so it's just natural that they want to push him. He's got the look. He's got the X factor. So I, I really think that they could go all the way with him. They'd need to give him... they need to take him away from the shield to really perfect his push. Yeah. They'll need to either take him out and have him feud with the other two or they will need to just take him out and have him do something completely different yeah i think that's obviously coming that's not gonna you know but thankfully they've not rushed it they've kind of teased and teased and teased and obviously i mean he he beat punk clean a couple mm. of weeks back well not you know not it's never clean with the, when the shield are involved but in terms of booking he has a pinfall victory over cm punk uh who we're going to talk about shortly um, mm. And I'm glad that Punk was able to do a couple of things like that before. Um, well, we'll talk about that in a bit. <laughs> Still talking about the Rumble. So, Dave, any surprises um, in this year's Rumble? Do you know what? Uh, for me, this year, no, it was quite, um, I have to keep using the term vanilla, but it was a very vanilla Royal Rumble. It was a very basic by the numbers. Um, everyone knew Batista was going to go over. Everyone knew that Daniel Bryan was going to be really popular. I think that the for me what made it was the audience um i'll be very very interested to see the edit job that they do when it comes out on blu-ray dvd um just because i don't i can't imagine for one second they will leave in as much of the audience uh caterwauling and calling um as happened but uh yeah it was 
I enjoyed it. I must admit, I, I always enjoy the Royal Rumble match. It was a decent Royal Rumble match. It like say it, it sowed the seeds for some WrestleMania stuff that's obviously going to be happening. Batista, well, yeah, okay, well, I, I remain to be impressed by Batista, um, but I, I, you know, that was fine. Roman Reigns, I really enjoyed. I thought he did really well. Obviously, he's now got that. Roman Reigns has obviously now got that record-breaking Royal Rumble thing of you know he's eliminated four superstars. Uh, is it twelve? Twelve, yeah. Kane did eleven, I think. Uh, but yeah, he's done twelve now, so he holds that, and as well he should. You know, it, it's an interesting character. I look forward to seeing where they go with it. Um, I don't know. What's, what's your thought on the Batista stuff? I could have predicted this as soon as Batista got cast in the uh, big Marvel picture, the Guardians of the Galaxy. I knew he was yeah. going to come back and win big. Um, I've always said that I don't really like Batista as a wrestler. I have a lot of respect for him as a person. Mm. Uh, a few years ago, he did a, um, a charity video against cancer. Yes. Yeah. And truly, he shone as a human being. Uh, that video made me realize that Dave Batista is actually pretty much a stand up guy. Um, but I've never been a fan of his as an in-ring performer. Um, the, the WWE does what the WWE wants. And whether you like it or not, Batista was a big star from back in the day, and he's also a very good friend of Triple H's. He was a former member of Evolution. Mm. So um, I think, basically, you fans, we've just got to smile, accept what's happening. Um, Batista's never going to give you a five-star match, but he has star power, and I... I you know, if you didn't see it coming, why would you bring someone back if you weren't going to give them the world and make them, make them big? When The Rock came back, they gave him the belt and they gave him the big matches. I know it's The Rock. I'm not comparing Batista's acting career to The Rock's. Hmm. But Batista is still a big star and he's still been a main eventer for a lot longer than some of the guys that are currently in the WWE. So accept it. Let it happen. And don't worry, Batista will be out in the next year or so. So um, just enjoy while the ride lasts, basically. But it's like, you know, it's true. He's not. He's come back. He's yeah. going to go. Like, no, no, completely. Like, I, yeah, I agree. I completely agree. Yeah. With you. I think it's, it, it is one of those things where it's a guest star. I can see why it's frustrating some of the talent because someone's coming in being paid a lot of money because they have happened to be in a movie, like you say, this year. Um, yeah, you know. But to be fair to him, he is working um, a much heavier schedule than The Rock was doing when The Rock came back, and certainly a heavier schedule than you know, Hogan will do when Hogan comes back to do his various sort of limited appearances. I um, heard, sorry, while we're talking on Hogan, I heard he didn't pass the medical. Oh, really? He didn't pass the WWE medical, so he's not able to actually get involved in any action at all. Wow, okay. Um, they're, they're quite strict on their Legends um, contractors. You've got to pass this medical... Uh, he didn't pass. The, you know, they were talking him versus Roddy for WrestleMania. Yeah. I don't think yeah. either man passed the uh, the either the health test. See, I and I I don't think I'd want to watch that match at all. You know, I'd love I love the idea of Hogan coming out and doing a Piper's Pit or something with with Roddy. That would be, you know, that would be fun. It'd be a nice little sort of ten minutes or whatever. But the idea of having to watch Hogan and Piper in the ring <coughs> is that's that's not something that appeals to me at all. Um. But one thing that, that we must just quickly uh, mention uh, towards the end of this week's Milky Podcast, uh, Milksters, is that uh, there seems to be some wrestling news regarding Mr. CM Punk. Yes, Dave. Um, CM Punk has, in the style of Austin, taken his ball mm. and gone home. Uh, the news thus far is that he requested time off um, in a manner such as this. I'm going home. 
<laughs> it's an, yeah, it's an interesting way of requesting time off just to go. Yeah, that's it. Fuck it, I'm going home. But yeah, but all indications are that he has walked out of the company and uh, he is no longer involved with the WWE. They've uh... and uh, what made this a little bit more real for me was that it was reported in the Independent, which is a British newspaper. It was the website of the Independent. Um, yeah, and, uh, it's got a lot of coverage for from non wrestling media. To be fair, for, yeah, for a wrestling story, I mean, in this country, we've got terrible wrestling coverage. Um, I think there's a really terrible segment in a paper called Daily Star. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, but that's about it. Mm. Um, we we don't really get much coverage over here. There's a couple of magazines, but again, it's very tied down. It, it's very indie heavy in this country, and it's yeah. basically a lot of uh, mates who work for magazines and this kind of thing. Um, but 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 the fact that it's being reported in this mainstream media definitely lead, um, adds credence to the fact that it might not all be a big storyline where Punk takes his ball and go home, and then who turns up at WrestleMania to ruin the main event or to ruin the Undertaker? You know. That is the potential if it is a work, but if it's not, there's not many places. Punk must understand there's not many places to work at the moment when it comes to wrestling. TNA is a bit of a sinking ship, and by God, I don't come over here, Punk. There's nowhere to work over here. <laughs> but um, no, there's just not a lot of places to work in the world at the moment when it comes to professional wrestling, not for the money that he's going to be asking. But I, I, I think he's probably in the sort of financial situation now where he can afford to do that. He's had a few years of earning very, very good money. So he probably can just afford to think, do you know what? No, I'm going home. I don't want to do this anymore. It's, it's not fun. It's not something I'm enjoying. And why would you continue? You know, the guy's been in the situation. I, I saw the interview that he did at the, the Comic-Con and he's yes. in the situation. Oh, sorry, you know? yeah. I read that. He, uh, he, he first of all spoiled the Royal Rumble results for everyone there weeks before the Royal Rumble took place. Yes. And um, he described his work, his his work day as I go there, I do what they tell me to do, and I go home. The, the, Does that the, sound the, like someone living the dream job? The, the guy said to him, "Oh, we've never seen you act. Um, would you be interested in doing films?" To which his response was, "I act every single Monday night. I act like I want to be there." So he's clearly burnt out, and I'd like to think it's not a massive work, and I'm not getting dragged into this. Uh, but genuinely, you know, if he's walked away, he's walked away, and I, I have a lot of respect for him if he has done that. I'd rather an entertainer just goes, do you know what? No, I'm done with that now. I'm going to go and, you know, enjoy myself and have some time off and come back refreshed. If, I, if indeed he comes back, you know, I think he's pretty much done everything he could want to do, though. Surely. Absolutely. He's, you know, he's had the main event run. He's had, uh, you know, the big storyline where he left. He's had his, you know, anti-authority um, storylines. He's had his own stable, uh, the straight edge society. Mm. Just he's there is not much left for him to do in all honesty. You've had your moment. Now, fuck. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, no, he's definitely had his moment. But there's there's not a lot left for him to do. And, you know, maybe his reasoning is, well, look, but you know, I'm not saying it's Batista's fault, but people like Batista, people, um, you know, like Brock, they go away for years, they come back, yeah. they're on double the money for half the time you have to work. Completely. CM Punk may be thinking, if I leave for two years, I'll get to come back on a six-month contract for like double the money. So all the more power to you, Mr. CM Punk, and um, enjoy your little break. I hope it's not a storyline um, because it's obvious you're burnt out. 
it's obvious you want to heal your injuries and mm. you know and I we did actually have the opportunity uh, CM Punk and myself to meet many many years ago I think it was 2001 or 2002 uh, he wrestled Colt Cabana in London uh, for the FWA he he was a real nice guy um, and it was obvious then that he had the potential to go all the way I'm really glad that he did go all the way and um, if you are now retired and you're done for good um, thank you for you know throwing a little bit of anti-authority in there it was it was almost like having Austin back for a bit absolutely a, a big as of every week I as I say, a big bucket of wins. You're going to give you're going to give him that bucket. I'm going to give him that big bucket of wins. Uh, yeah, big but bucket of wins. absolutely. I'd, I'd like to say I I agree 100 with you. I hope it's not work. I hope it's not some storyline that they're trying to develop. But you know, if if the guy's done, he's done. All the power in the world to him for walking away and having the strength to just go. Yeah, do you know what? No, I don't need to do this anymore. I can uh, go and enjoy myself. So that was uh, a quite a long-winded <laughs> discussion about the Royal Rumble pay-per-view um, this week on the Milk of Your Podcast. <laughs> And as always, we join our type of guy, Jay Hodgkin, as he tells the backstory bollocks of a pilot from the game, our type. Do you see what I did there? Dave, did you see what I did there? Don't really get out. Usually when you squat down in your primary school stool and have your skull-mounted shell-likes pumped full of my seed of a truths, we have some history to go on. In this case, the case being that of the pilot from RM Shooter Classic R-Type. We got nothing. We ain't got shit. No name. We don't even have a face to look at. What if he didn't have a face? What then? Of course, he has a face, you idiot. How could one peer from the frosted blue visor of the training shoe spacecraft at the oncoming horde of the Baido Empire without a face? Get the hell out of town with your mixing bowl of crazy ideas and spoon that icing right down the pan, because it tastes foul. What do we know about him, or indeed her? I would imagine they're fairly liberal in the 22nd century, and I would imagine female space pilots are finally on equal pay to their male counterparts, especially for space-bound suicide missions against impossible odds. Maybe she was pregnant, and maybe it's her newborn baby piloting the detachable force pod. Maybe due to graphical limitations of 1980s computing, we are unable to see that the force is actually attached with an umbilical cord, and she has like a button for firing her baby out of her womb and then retracting it. I'm sure that's not PC. Should I keep this in? Yeah, keep it in, stuff it. What ifs? So many what ifs. What if this? What if that? We need answers. This brave pilot saved our world from a phalanx of space aliens who read too much Geiger art books. Sod them! Not only did they save our asses, but due to some incredibly frugal Earth defence budgeting, they did it all alone. Which brave soul had the gumption and the fulsome scrotum to take on an entire war race of well-equipped, aggressive space bastards by themselves and actually win? Put your hand up, whoever it is. Put your hand up, dear. Come on. We want to give you a trophy from the key cutters around the corner and the freedom of the city of Exeter. Plus a £25 gift card from WH Smiths for your fine work during the events of our type 2 as well. Do, do I see a hand? Stand up, brave warrior. What? No, no. No, it can't be. Not you. It's impossible. It can't be. It doesn't even make sense. Jade Goody? 
Jade? Goody? I'm feeling very faint, like one of those women whose tits are pushed up under their chins by bustiers in Sunday night costume dramas. Yes, Jade Goody, the thinless ready meal stained queen of the lowbrow. She was last seen in 2009, whence the reaper did ride toward her upon his white stallion, before scooping her up and ferrying her to other side. It seems that Heat magazine started to notice a significant drop in circulation from their chief gossip cash cow going belly up in the months shortly after her death. So they paid her no-good proletarian husband a large sum of money to exhume and cryogenically freeze her corpse in the hope that one day medical science will progress to resurrect their muse and her incredible talent of having limited intelligence and saying the wrong thing. Regretfully, Heat Magazine's allure of pointing out minor things wrong with the appearance of successful attractive people dimmed to the point of ceasing by the year 2089. Civilization had advanced at the point of the Baidu invasion. It had been 40 years since the last scripted reality TV show had been aired, and actual musicians, not X-Factor karaoke singers, were on vogue in the charts. Then the cybernetic Jade reappeared and everything went down the shitter again. So unique was Jade's goodies shtick of fearless loud vocalisation of poor general knowledge that it wasn't too long until her star rose to its former glory, nay, surpassed it. She was a worldwide star this time. Then news of the Bido Empire's invasion came along and dominated all forms of media. When the Earth's government started looking for a pilot for their single tiny one-seater spacecraft armada, Jade's reanimator came forth and showed the world leaders a video of Jade doing a flawless one-handed speed run on Super Nintendo classic Star Fox while wolfing down three Big Mac meals at once. Already huge fans of Jade's half-witted xenophobic musings, the world leaders offered Robo Goody the opportunity to save mankind from extinction. Being a bit of a fame whore, sorry, a total fame whore, she graciously accepted on live television to an audience of billions, while wanking off a giraffe into a brightly coloured receptacle on her prime time show Jade's Cumbath Challenge. And look how it turned out, the world was saved. Even Shilpachetti's ancestors applauded her on her return to Earth. What a lovely tale of conquering death, space aliens, and saying Portuguese instead of Portuguese. Well, thank you for today. Thank you for putting your ears in my mouth. Now I'm off. Dotty bye! So that was this week's Milking It podcast, episode 15, done and in the bag. Thank you very much for joining us. As always, thank you to Jay for his drop-ins. Thank you, as always, to John Sands for his marvellous music. And thank you, as always, to Dino Peppers for his fabulous artwork. Um, thank you for continuing to support us on Facebook. Thank you for the old Twitter thing. Thanks for everything else you do. Email us on that address that I mentioned at the beginning of the programme and that bit of pre-recorded stuff. I'm David Davis. And I'm Boulamont, and as always, we'd love you to join us next week for more of the same at the Milking It podcast. You wanna milk it and you know, you gotta milk it and you know. address <laughs> there certainly is if you want to send your dick pics yes it's uh, it's the milking it podcast <laughs> <laughs> oh i try that again <clears throat>
you say dick pics? <laughs> dick pics? What's wrong with that? In my culture, sir, that, that is a currency. 